You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coaches, and welcome to episode 93. This month's theme is virtually in-person because we're talking about all of the good stuff that we learned during virtual learning and how to use what we learned to impact student learning in person. Today, we're talking all about flipped classrooms. This was a big push during the early to mid pandemic and many schools were scrambling to find resources to learn about the flipped learning model. But flipped classrooms have been around prior to the pandemic and many of them have found lots of value in turning the tables on the traditional school instructional structure. I've invited guests from the Teaching Touch to help us learn about flipped classrooms today. You can tell that I have trouble saying the words flipped classrooms. I'm not sure why that's so challenging for me. So that you can implement the best of some of these ideas or you can support your teachers as they grow in this model. So if they've already tried it out, hopefully this will give you some ideas about how to make it even better. If they haven't started, hopefully this will help you get started. Coach, I know you're trying to figure this all out on your own. You're investing in your own learning on your own time because you want to show up for your teachers in the best way possible. Building your coaching program is a huge challenge and it's even more difficult when you're asked to know about literacy practices and how to support them. That's why I created the Confident Literacy Coach. This self-paced course gives you the knowledge, strategies, processes, and downloadable tools that you need to be confident in your coaching work every single day. Check it out at confidentliteracycoach.com and stop reinventing the wheel. I'm going to make an assumption and you tell me if I'm wrong. You feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. I know it's true. There are always too many things to do and too little time. If you're like me, your boss will walk down the hallway and shout, go home, Beltran. That's why I am telling everyone about the 40-hour work week with Angela Watson. Angela was a guest on this very podcast back in season one, and she shared her ideas for managing your time, teaching, and stuff to help you make the most of your time at work while making time for home too. But that was just the beginning. In her membership, The 40-Hour Workweek, Angela helps you focus on what matters to have a purposeful and productive workday and then go home. Angela helps teachers find, on average, 11 hours a week that they can take back for themselves while still being a great teacher. The best part is that Angela has a new membership, especially for coaches. She partnered with my friend and coffee buddy, Nicole Turner of Simply Coaching, to create the 40-hour workweek for coaches. Check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com slash 40-hour-week and get your time back. So let's welcome our guests to the podcast. Welcome G and Bellu from The Teaching Touch. Yeah. Hi. Hello, Chrissy. Thank you for having us today. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you making time for us. Um, so we would love to get to know you first. Could you introduce yourselves to our listeners a little bit about how you, who you are, how you ended up here, and what kind of work you focus on right now together? Okay. Hi, Chrissy. Well, I'm Belu. Uh, we are Belentur and Gisela Sokola, two teachers from Buenos Aires, Argentina. We mainly teach English as a foreign language. Uh, well, uh, and I also teach Spanish as a foreign language as well. Um, we've been teaching English for more than 18 years. And actually during the pandemic, we decided to uh, start or to create uh, what we call the teaching patch. 
um, which is actually a community for teachers of English. And, and we try to share resources, tips and strategies um, when teaching English as a foreign language, mainly. Uh, so I don't know, G, if you I wanted to share with the audience how it, how it was that the teaching touch started that we were like very overwhelmed yeah um, we, we were going crazy right with our jobs our kids the house and and well there was that day that you called me and you told me well since since we were like very young in our early 20s uh, when we were at the teacher training college, we, we attended so many workshops and no, no webinars at that time. And um, well, uh, we always thought of like creating something or doing something to share with, with our colleagues. And, and well, then years went by. I mean, uh, we, we started working and we, we, we got married and our kids and we kind of um like we, we shelved our project and then then well Belu called me and she said uh, in the middle of that chaos uh she told me well it's it's now and I was like what is now you know our project it's now when our colleagues I mean need us and we we need we need to share resources and tapes in this uh in this very difficult times and well that that is how the teaching touch was born and and well since then we had we have had the, the, the opportunity of meeting um, lots of interesting colleagues. Well, look at you, Grace there. And um, <laughs> well, uh, well, we have been uh, delivering courses and, and workshops with teachers and, and coaches as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just realized I muted myself. My daughter was um, pitching a fit in the next room and my husband is helping her calm down. So <laughs> I muted myself so that that wasn't uh, broadcast to everyone. So um, yes, that's a beautiful story. And, and it is, sometimes you do just feel the call to share things with people. I, I completely understand that. And um, even as a teacher, I would do a lot of professional development for my school, things like that, because you do, you sometimes just feel like People need help, and we have done some things that could help. So why don't we share that? You know, I just mm -hmm. love that. absolutely yes. So can you start out by giving us a picture of what it means to flip your classroom? Okay. Well, um, well, during the pandemic, I mean, we all needed to to reinvent ourselves, and and well, although the the, the flipped classroom approach, um, let's say, existed long time ago. Uh, in our particular case, we started uh, using it when we were kind of forced to start delivering uh, hybrid lessons. And, and one, I, I mean, one, one way of picturing what, what we mean by, by flipping a classroom is mm -hmm. to, uh, to compare the traditional classroom, I mean, the one, the one we had when we were at school, to the one we have now. Or, or, or to the one we can have today due to the fact of technology. And, and well, when, when we were at school, I mean, the, the teacher gave us a lecture, right? We took down notes and, and then we were supposed to go home or, or work in groups and do exercises or, or complete assignments. And, and we were never taught how to work in groups either, right? Mm. And, and now if we, if we focus on, on the idea of flipping the classroom, uh, most of our talks or lectures can be recorded so, so that our students can, can watch them before coming to class. Uh, 
all the time, the, the, I mean, many times I need, and, and then then rewatch them if necessary. Mm-hmm. So, so that in the classroom we can we can devote time to to peer work, group work, or 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 individual work. But but I mean, we have more time to be with our students. I mean, modeling what they are doing and helping them if necessary. Right, the the, the teacher as a as a facilitator, right? This mm-hmm. this role of the teacher, right? In the, in the flipped classroom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, I know that, that a lot of people did start moving towards this during the pandemic because they were like, okay, how are we going to, uh, just how are we going to make this work? Because it was just such a huge bear. Um, but so many schools were doing it prior to that. So it's really neat to have, to see how many people have embraced it since then. And it's still continued to implement this Post-pan- I mean, the pandemic is still going on, but post-virtual learning, in-person learning has begun in most places. So oh, that's really neat to see people have found some benefits of mm-hmm. doing this model. So what are some of the benefits? You mentioned having more time um, to work with students, like in small group setting or, or partner setting. Can you tell a little bit more about the benefits of this model? Yes, well, I, well actually, I, I, I agree. I, I think that G has mentioned many. Um, also, I feel that um, we have the chance of uh, providing our students with more self-based activities. So at the same time, if a student, uh, for example, in the case of the video, a student that needs to, um, to re-watch a video and explanation and extraction will be able to do it at home. Uh, I mean, many times he or she needs. And at the same time, as G was saying, we will we have more time in the classroom to devote to uh, teamwork, peer work, and individual work to actually, um, I mean, help our students to get more involved in their own learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that, yes, that actually these are, um, yes, uh, many benefits. So whenever you're talking about like the video, do you ever use videos that are already online somewhere for instruction or do you always just use your own teaching videos? Well, actually, well, we use some that uh, has already, uh, that have already been recorded, but we believe that if you create that your own material is much more better for them. Because um, mainly when you teach to uh, very young learners, uh, when they see you, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe when you use a character that they already know, or when we uh, include examples that are familiar to them, uh, that uh, helps it to be like more meaningful. Uh, so yes, we, we believe that it, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we do not have the time, you know, to prepare like all the content from scratch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that though. It, I'm sure it would help with the connection as well because if somebody watches a video at home and then comes to school and doesn't really connect that learning, um, then it's kind of like that time that they spent is just gone. You know, <laughs> But if they can connect it to, oh, my teacher taught me this there at home, I learned this and now I can come apply it at school, they can better connect it by seeing your face and, and the way that you word things specifically. It's probably really helpful. Yes. And, and they come with so many questions then, right, to the class. And, and that's what, what, what we love, right? Yeah. Because they, they really get engaged. Yeah. Like They've had time to think about it and process it and figure out what they don't know. Yeah. So when they come in, then they're prepared. That's great. So are there any misconceptions about flip learning that you could clarify for us? 
Um, well, maybe one of the misconceptions uh, is to think that flipping a classroom means just sending them videos, right? Mm. And, and, and there's much more than that. Uh, as we have already said, is is trying to make the most of the time we spend together, right? So, and uh, I don't know that you were asking us before if, if we we like preparing a video or or maybe choosing one. Well, if you if you sometimes we don't have time. Sometimes we mm -hmm. find something, it, 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 we, we search for something, and there's something that is great, a great video, but. What do we do with that video? I don't know. For example, I love to, now we have some apps, like, I don't know, for example, Edpuzzle, and you can custom those videos or, or make like, they, they, they have these pop-up questions while they're watching. So it's just, it's not just like sending them the video, but, but they have, there is all these um, tasks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, involved uh, within the video. And that, that makes it like much more meaningful. So like it gives them little things that they can do throughout the video. They have to pause and like respond or do different kinds of interactive yes. things. That's great. Yes. I love that. Yes. And no, sometimes they cannot, they cannot move forward till they answer a question and you have, maybe they, they watch something, they have to answer multiple choice or they have to answer like, like different questions. And, and sometimes the other way around, right? I have also asked them, right? That, that they have to prepare a video. There are, other apps, as, for example, I know Flipgrid that I have used, and mm -hmm. and they can uh, like yeah, yeah, create videos and in a very in a very fun way because they have all these yeah. tools they can use, and and well yeah, that's that's motivating for them too. So. Yeah, and I like that it kind of chunks the information because if you just sit there and stare at a video for however long, how long are the videos usually? Well, actually, it depends on 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 the on the group age, mm -hmm. because what what experts say, and, and we've tried, and, it, and actually it works, um, is that the we we have to pay a lot of attention to um, the length because it it should be like um, related to the grade level. What I mean is, for example, if you are teaching students that are in first grade, mm -hmm. then the video shouldn't be longer than uh, a minute or a minute and a half. You know okay. that, um, yes, more or less that is the connection between the length of the video and the age of, of, of the students, the grade level. Interesting. Yeah, I'm picturing a lot of people sending home much lengthier things, you know, and then yes. not maybe getting the full benefit of that, that time that they've spent. Um, so I love that you're already answering this question, how we can help students interact with this content independently. You mentioned Edpuzzle, was that right? That was one of yes. the resources? Okay. Yes. Yes, we, we actually believe that, that well, we, we should train our students, you know, that we, we need to tell them what, it, what, what they are supposed to do with the videos. If yeah. they, as you were saying, Chrissy, if they are going to be allowed to watch it more than once or mm -hmm. just once, if they are able to pause it or to watch it, uh, yes, as I said, or maybe to solve some activities before watching the video or maybe working on some post watching activities. Um, if they are supposed to take notes while watching the video or, or doing or working on a different activity. Um, and at the same time, I believe that it is very important to involve parents and families also, because it's like we are not used to working a lot on this. And I mean, I, I am a mother as well, and this is something new uh, for me uh, as a mom. Uh, so uh, 
so maybe sometimes we do not know okay it's just like watching the video in order to have fun or is she supposed to do something with it you know at home like how can we help our kids as well so um yes interesting do you ever have them do um like paper pencil tasks with the video or is it all digital stuff um no well well, both i mean uh, um yeah I've been working, for example, now at the school I work, we've, we've got, we still work with Google Classroom, but in primary, sometimes we use Google Classroom within the, 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 our class. I mean, the, the brick and mortar right. class and, mm-hmm. and we work there uh, and they can work in pairs and, and well, so it's like, like a kind of a, of a, of a combination. I mean, there, there are many things that I believe are, are here to stay, right? And we, we should like take the, the, the the best like like we have learned so many things right yeah. and uh well yes yeah, like taking the best things of each thing what what has worked right we 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 will keep it right and yeah well Absolutely. yes yeah that's actually the theme of this whole month on the podcast is taking the best of what we learned during virtual learning and mm-hmm. making sure that we're applying those good practices to our in-person teaching. So we don't go, okay, we're done with that and like dump it all and start over. You know, we want to take, if we've learned something that was great, we want to take it with us. So that's, that's, yes. the, that's, the, that's the point of this month. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes. So what does your class time look like? And I know that, like you mentioned before, teachers might be like tempted to just give assignments to practice the content but how what are some ways that they can make really good use of that time well well I, 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 as we said before right the, the idea is like just the opposite the best the best mm-hmm. thing about flipping on classroom is that that we can start like little by little right trying it out but but the more the more they can solve in the classroom with their peers with our guidance the better right all these this big questions, right, that pop up in the classroom is, is what we have, and we have to take advantage of that time, right? And um, yeah, I, I don't know, Velo, if, if you would like to add something here, but... Uh, no, yes, I, I agree. I, I think that we, we've already mentioned these. Yes, yeah, so you talked mm. about using Google Classroom and having like group work. Do you pull a lot of small groups during this time or do you like circulate mostly through the classroom or what does that look like? Uh, well, actually, yes, you, you can, I mean, um, you, can, you can implement like all the strategies that you would do, like every time you are face to face with your, your students, peer work, uh, then group work, individual work. Mm-hmm. Um, what I feel is that the, the big difference is that you won't spend a lot of time, you know, with the, the, the teaching talk is, right. is the, the big difference here. Um, because uh, you will use uh, the time that in the, the, they spend at home mm-hmm. in order to be able to listen to you to, right. you, to your lecture, to your explanation, to your instructions. So that is like one of the, the main differences. Mm-hmm. So then the, the class time, instead of like maybe if you have your whole full period is 45 minutes, instead of mm-hmm. having maybe 20 minutes where students can practice and work together and do all these things, then you have like the full time frame for them to yes. do all of that kind of work together. And so if whatever you usually do, you can just extend it. Like you actually have mm-hmm. the time for kids to get good at something. before yes. Because they already come to the class with that 
with with the with the idea or with a with as we said before with questions and and that that fosters then a, a debate and and well that, that's what we want to do with our with our class time right mm -hmm. yes yes yeah you take away all the the teacher talk said all the direct instruction that usually happens you've already introduced it at least and so it's so sometimes do you find that certain topics require more like you do the video you know i don't know I mean, you do the video at have the kids watch it at home and then they come in and maybe they need a lot more support because they're more challenging topics. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Can, can, can you ask? Can, uh, I mean, that, that, that if they watch it before, can, can, can you ask that uh, for us again? Oh, sure. Crazy? Yeah. Do you sometimes find that some topics that the video at home is not enough? And whenever uh -huh. they come in, you still need to do more uh -huh. teaching on that topic. Yes. Didn't yes. Yes, 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 of, yes, course. of course. Because they are curious, right? Uh, and and they want to know. They, they when when they hold a question, they they yes. When they have a doubt or whatever, they 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 come to the class and they want to know more. Or mm -hmm. or and, and the one who doesn't know, then the other tells, oh, but you know, I have heard this and that. Mm -hmm. Oh no, but but my but my daddy told me this. I oh, know, but my <laughs> my granny told me that. And <laughs> yes, they come. <laughs> That's, that's probably you probably get a lot more, which is really nice, a lot more engagement from the families because they've been introduced to this content at home. I do think that's beautiful. Yes. yes. So yes and they don't feel it as, as homework. I mean, they don't that, that, that sometimes at the beginning it was like, oh, how are they going to that? But no, it's like 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 that that's why it is crucial that that we choose but we plan this what, what we are going to send them uh, that it, that it's encouraging and motivating right so mm -hmm. they don't feel it at home they feel it as a yes as a challenge right yeah and i love it because i mean if you think about kids going home with homework the kid goes home and says i don't remember how to do any of this and then the parent tries to help them and they don't know how the teacher wants it done um or maybe yeah, they don't and then they hate them. us, right? <laughs> We've got <laughs> they not exactly. only the kid, but the parents. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're so frustrated. And so instead, if the if the child does have some questions on that interactive portion, the parent can sit there and watch that video. It's right there, and they can see it again instead of having to be like, I don't know, let's look in your backpack and see if we can find anything else that you the teacher sent home. You know, I do mm -hmm. love that. Um, are there some grade levels or contents that this model works really well with, or is this something that you've seen done successfully across the board? Yes. Uh, well, actually, we believe that at first it was easier to put this into practice with our older, the, 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 with um, yes, older students. Mm -hmm. But we believe that if we if we really take into account all the things that we've mentioned about the length of the videos and 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 I mean and being clear on what they are expected to do and how mm -hmm. they are expected to do it, uh, with all the content and with all the material we send and and with the videos and everything, that we can start working on this when they are like very young interesting yeah i, I could yes. see taking a, a few weeks at the beginning of school or whenever you're implementing this and just practicing right is mm -hmm. that how you do it you kind of practice and train together and then you can say okay today's the first day that we're going to yes, send this home for you to practice and it's a big deal <laughs> Yes, and at the same time, yes, and you, you, you should like get uh, the families involved, as as we have already yeah. said. Yes, yeah, that is very yeah. important. Yes, yeah, to, to I could definitely see why that would be essential, even more so. Um, so, mm -hmm. what are some of the challenges that teachers commonly have when they're trying to flip their classrooms? 
uh, well, in our case, in our country, uh, one of the biggest challenges that, that we used to have was, was the lack of technology and, and internet yeah. access in many areas. Yeah, that, that, that was like, well, yeah, quite difficult, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, however, this, this has changed a lot after the, the, the pandemic. Right. And um, other challenges, I'm thinking, um, yeah, I don't know, something, of course, when there is, I mean, something new, uh, it's like, oh, we are like, sometimes we're like a bit afraid because I oh, know, but, but um, my class works perfectly well and, and we understand that. But sometimes, I mean, we encourage our, our, our colleagues to, to try it mm -hmm. out because, but, but well, this is like, like we teachers sharing, right? Or, or practice and telling, well, this has worked for me. Why don't you do this and that? Mm -hmm. But well, yes, at the beginning, it's, it's like, yeah, my might be like, like a baby I don't know how to say but yes but well a chat maybe some for some yeah colleague might be a bit challenging but but yes we 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 encourage them to to try mm -hmm. that yeah mm -hmm. little by little right it's not that that you right but yeah so kind of one of the biggest challenges might just be getting your head around it. How do I, how, like trying to picture it and how can I make this work and know that's too scary. Mm, <laughs> the yes, challenge yeah. of change, of, of significant change. Yes. Probably be one of the biggest yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But, but little, as I said, little by yeah. little, like, like, for example, during the pandemic that we have learned so many, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, digital tools and sometimes we were like overwhelmed. So I kind of said, okay. Like I uh, uh, saying, well, this week I will try this one. Next week I will try another one, right? Because sometimes we have so many things and so many things that are new that it's like, oh my God, it's like too much, right? So that's why I would say it's like kind of a process, right? Little by little. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I could also see if I were trying to implement something like this, I think that what might be a challenge for me is deciding, okay, how am I, what is, what is going to be the exact focus of the video that I'm sending of this, of this content mm -hmm. that I'm sending home? Because you have to be very precise because it's gotta be a yes. very you know short length for kids to mm -hmm. really master it or to walk away with an understanding of it. So I would mm -hmm. think like really, like we tend to be so long-winded. We tend to talk so yeah. much, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the lessons are just too much sometimes. And so really narrowing it down and saying this one thing if I can get them to understand this one thing, then we can do all of this other stuff with it. But they yeah. have to know this. And that's what I yes, want to say. Totally. You, you know, you have to have the, the aim of the video, right? Super clear. Yes. yes. Yeah. Totally. So sure that, that do you write a script or do you like just really be thoughtful? You do write a script? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, Andrew, we, we, we improvise a bit, but yeah, it has to be, it has to be very clear. Yeah. 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 That's really great. I could see that. Um, so are there any tools that are especially helpful? And you mentioned a couple already of the two. You mentioned yes. G mentioned Ed, yes. G mentioned uh, Ed Puzzle. Mm -hmm. And then she also taught me how to use Canva in order to oh, make yeah. presentations. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, Jay, what was the name of the ones we used to record ourselves and at the same time to share the screen? One was Loom and the other one? Yes, Screencastify. Mm -hmm. Yes. Screencastify yeah. is um, also similar. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then in Canva too, you can record. I mean, you, you can also now record yourself with your presentation. And the, is that one in the paid version of Canva, the recording, or is that in the free version? Because I know that there's- No, well, uh, uh, we have uh, like uh, as our, we have the educational, uh, okay. I mean, the, the, the educational mail. I mean, the one we have from our schools. Okay. So we have the, 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 the premium uh, Canva because of our, of our mails, right? Mm -hmm. uh so i'm not sure if it's in the free version too uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not sure okay but yeah and we have also used i mean padlet jamboard sometimes it was just to like like the the, the starting by, by the big question and and what what do you know about this or mm -hmm. or and and they and sh they they would share their their thoughts their their ideas their the previous knowledge in in a padlet uh and our jamboard and they all worked um collaboratively yeah mm -hmm. flipgrid right was another one yeah, yeah flipgrid for videos and yeah yeah also to, i use it sometimes to, for them to present themselves because mm -hmm. it has lots of, of fun tools yeah i love it yeah those are great so is there, as an, if an instructional coach is trying to support their teachers, is there anything a coach can proactively do to support the teachers before they try it out? Um, you know, what kinds of help might a teacher want from a coach? Yes, well, actually, as, as we were saying before, every time, every time we try something new, we need mm -hmm. someone's support, you know, <laughs> coach support. So, uh, yes, we believe that it is crucial uh, to have someone who uh, stands by you and who is just there next to you, like uh, going throughout all this process, you know, because one of the, the good things about uh, flipping your classroom is that there is not like one way to flip your classroom mm -hmm. like as we were saying like you can start by trying with something and then well you say okay when you feel confident you say okay i'm going to go further and try something out this out or or maybe you know um starting with something you feel more comfortable with and mm -hmm. then maybe you can start by recording just an instruction not a video and and trying that out uh, in order to send the instruction home to your students and, and well and then uh, you go little by little uh, making more content and more content and, and well and trying new things in the classroom you know um, so yes we believe that having a coach uh, is a way a, a great way of doing it yeah I could hear yeah. in what you're saying having somebody for moral support and for yes. um, to to whenever you say, okay, I'm doing this, I don't know if it's working, you know, kind of brainstorming, thinking of different ways to do the same thing and, and kind of evaluating, is this working? Like, what is, what is the best way we could do this? Should we make changes and reflecting? Sounds like mm -hmm. it would be really helpful to have somebody present to reflect with. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. It's like, and maybe some people like uh, some, some colleagues were not feeling very comfortable, I don't know, recording themselves like mm -hmm. in front of a camera or maybe others were, oh, you know, like technology is not my thing. So, so well, yes, of course, a uh, uh, coach and, and, and then of course, uh, our, 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 yes, our colleagues and other teachers. Yeah, and your colleagues too. support. Yes, definitely. Totally. That, that, that was, yes, that was like, yeah, vital for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see forming a group of teachers who are interested in implementing flipped learning and then kind of having 
you know, dedicated time for them to dialogue together about what they've tried, what's worked well, you know, what they want to adjust and, and kind of sharing ideas. That might be a good way, like a, um, a, a support group. <laughs> might yeah. Be yeah. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people find you online or in the real world if they would like to learn more from you? Oh, well, I mean, they, they can follow us on, on Instagram. We have an Instagram account, uh, The Teaching Touch. And well, yeah, we are from Argentina. So, well, <laughs> if you ever come here, crazy. <laughs> from Buenos Aires. Yeah. That'd be so wonderful. Fun. I would love to go there. <laughs> uh, it's summertime here. So <laughs> I'm looking out my window right now and it is definitely not summertime. It is not, it, just, it felt like it was going to be spring and then it just changed its mind and now it's winter again. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are definitely uh, going back and forth <laughs> between our seasons. So, <laughs> and well, there on our Instagram account, we share loads of um, tapes and resources and well, also our, our everyday lives as, as teachers. Mm -hmm. And well, yeah, we've got, we've got a lovely community of, of educators there. So yeah, you're all invited to, to follow us and yeah, we can share our, our practice, right? Yeah, we are, we teachers yes. are lifelong learners, right? So we are, we're always eager to, to learn and to share and, and well, that's great, marvelous. Wonderful. Yes, I thought you have a lot of stuff on your Instagram account, actually. So that's a really good place to get started, I would think. All right. Well, thank you thank so you. much for joining us today. We got so much good information about getting started with flipped classrooms. I love the ideas that you've shared. And, and I, I love that you talk about just, you know, trying things, try something. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> you know, try something. Okay, and then... right? Mistakes are welcome, right? And we tell that to our students. Okay. So <laughs> that's for us too. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Christy. All right, coach. So I really just loved listening to them talk about flip classrooms because I just feel like if I were to go back into the classroom, I would try to integrate some elements from this idea into my own teaching. I don't know that I would do it like for my whole day, my whole school day, but I would probably choose one subject area and then have kids learn the content initially at home and then come to school and do cool stuff with it because we would have even more time. So I guess the subject that keeps popping up into my brain that it would be really neat to do this with is science, because I feel like that's probably where I would start. I feel like I could either make or find some really awesome science videos that they could benefit from learning, you know, seeing these at home, generating the background knowledge, the content knowledge as well that they need, and then come to school and we'd have even more time to do hands-on, you know, really great learning investigations, experiments, group work. I think that would be such a fun way to spend that time without having to do as much direct teaching. I mean, I used to love to use videos during science instruction anyway. And now that so many schools have moved to one-to-one -to -one technology because of the pandemic, you could take advantage of that and make the most of your instructional time at school by giving them an introduction to the concepts at home. I just love it. So I wanted to share some bonus resources with you today. My first bonus episode is of this whole podcast back in, in uh, well, it was actually <laughs> back in March of 2019 or 20, uh, I can't even tell you what year it is, March of 2020. Um, that was my first bonus episode was about using Google, Google Classroom for virtual teaching. So there are so many 
of those tips that we talked about, it was actually my brother, Ben, who is a high school teacher and baseball coach. Um, he talked about using Google Classroom for teaching. And there are tons of tools that you can use from Google Classroom in your day-to-day classrooms now, even if you're in person. So they talked about it a little bit on this podcast too. Check it out. It's called Using Google Apps for Distance Learning. But so many of that, so many of those ideas still apply. I actually have two resources in my store that could be good for this as well. Um, sensory details, writing mini lessons for Google Classroom and good narrative beginnings, writing mini lessons for Google Classroom. These are two collections of writing mini lessons that are geared towards having students watch the video and do the activity. And that way you, you can kind of do the mini lesson with them at home. They can do the interactive lesson at home and then come to school and you can actually work on writing pieces together. So that would be a really cool way to use that. I also have a free download for you. I was just working on it. It's called Tech Tools for Instructional Coaches. So during the pandemic, I feel like we got, well, I don't want to say during the pandemic to imply that it's over. It's not over people, (laughs) but it is, um, in most cases, people are in person. Some coaches are still doing professional development and PLCs virtually, and some do them in person. So it's kind of a mixed bag depending on where you are in the country. But I have a resource that will work for you regardless of whether you're in person with teachers or virtual. And so these tech tools for instructional coaches, it's my five favorite tech tools that you can access for free and you can use them with your teachers to do different things. So you can grab that download at buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 93. That's episode and the number nine, number three. You can grab that on my site. If you scroll down to the bottom of the show notes for that, that uh, link. So in the next episode, I'm going to introduce to you each of these technology tools that we all dug into during virtual learning. And I'm going to share them, how you can share with you, how you can use them in person or virtually with teachers today. So I'm really excited to share that next episode. It's a solo episode and I'm going to share what I love about these tools. And until next week, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.